Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Hi, Scale listeners. This is David Finkel, and I welcome you here. Today, Jeff Hoffman, co-author of Scale, um, is not going to be joining me here today. He's actually in Asia talking at different business owner conferences out there. For those who don't know, Jeff, after he got done with his latest round of startups that he took and scaled, He's been spending about half his time on the road actually volunteering, talking to entrepreneurial groups around the world, both for the U.S. State Department and also for private groups all the way from Asia, South America, and so forth. So today it's just me, and we're going to be talking about strategies and ideas to grow your business and get your life back. Now, what we're really our goal here is to give you a roadmap for growing your business rapidly while also gaining more personal freedom through sound systems, empowered teams, and intelligent controls that actually help put the business in control versus making it mandatory for you to be there. Right now in this segment, we're talking about engaging your team to create, use, and refine your systems and controls. Let's start off with the story. So I was talking at a keynote recently uh, with a large business group, and this is a group that has roughly eight or 9,000 members across the United States at their national conference, and they had asked me to come in and pay for me to fly in. And I was talking with them, and one of the things that came up was I was hearing over and over again, now, David, I've tried building systems before. I mean, you just told me about how important it is that if I want to scale my business and reduce its reliance on me, I've got to have systems that take the place of me. You say, I can't just hand it off to a person and say, surely now you own this. Because the problem with that is, Number one, I have to keep track of Shirley to make sure she's doing it. Number two, if Shirley doesn't know how to do that, boy, I'm going to stop the trainer anyways. And if I don't have any internal systems, I have no structure with which to show her. And number three, most importantly, is what happens if Shirley leaves? I mean, yeah, I might reduce the reliance by moving it from my shoulders to Shirley's, but still I have a, a reliance on some one individual uh, to be there to produce whatever the work of that system was. And they said to me, David, I tried doing it, I've, I've built systems before, but no one actually uses them. It's just very frustrating. We've got a comprehensive manual in my business for how to do every core function. And I said, well, tell me about this manual. <laughs> and she went on to describe this three-ring binder that had every key function was written out, a, a clear process for all of it. And the way she described it was, wow, they put a lot of energy and attention to this. The problem with it was that what they had built wasn't what we talk about when we mean systematizing your business. What they had built was a policies and procedures manual. And you might say, well, David, isn't that everything that you and Jeff talk about in scale? You know, you talk about systems and controls. Don't you mean creating a policies and procedures manual that tells us how to run the business? And I most assuredly do not. <laughs> we've done surveys of business owners and, and at different events we've had over the last five, six years. And we've surveyed probably, I don't know that time, several thousand business owners. And one of the questions we will, will, will survey on is, how many of you in this room have ever been at a company, whether it's your current company that you own or maybe prior to that when you're still working for somebody else, how many of you have ever been at a company that has a policies and procedures manual? And generally, you're going to get about 60, 65% of the room raise their hand on that. Great. So of those 60 to 65% of you just raised your hand high and waved and said, yes, we've had a policies and procedures manual at a company I've worked with. How many of you, being really honest here, ever looked at that policies and procedures manual? Show of hands. And you typically will have at that point about two or three hands in an entire room, a small fraction of a percent, 
raise their hand to say they've actually done that. Then I ask one more question. Those of you that just raised your hand, those three of you that raised your hand, how many of you looked at that policies and procedures manual after the first 30 days of hire? No one's hand goes up. The problem with the policies and procedures manual, most, the biggest problem really is, no one's going to use it. It's cumbersome. It's, it's not natural. It's like saying the best way to find a phone number is a phone book. No one looks at a phone book anymore. I mean, I still get surprised in my office building. We'll still drop off these phone books. I live and work out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And they still will deliver phone books out here. And I laugh when I see them. Why? Because no one looks at a phone book anymore other than the people selling the advertising in the phone book. The rest of us, we want a phone number. What do we do? We hop on Google or a different search engine, Bing or whichever, and we just quickly put the business's name or what we know about it in the city. Boom, up pops the phone number and we're done that quickly. So when we talk about creating systems in this segment, I want to share with you a better way to do your systems so that it's not just one great big manual, but it's a collection, a searchable collection of simple tools that your team will use. The second reason why policies and procedures manuals just don't work is that the moment that you write them, they're out of date. They just lose touch with the reality of the business. There's a term in the military called the facts on the ground. And where this comes into play is, you know, the general, he or she might have all kinds of fancy um, ideas of how the battle should be progressing, but the facts on the ground tell a different story. And your theory, your strategy means nothing if it isn't accurately mapped against what is actually happening on the ground. And so in a business, your, your team doesn't want to use the policies and procedures manual. So what they'll do is they'll smile politely. They might look at it the first 30 days of hire, but beyond that, they're not going to ever turn to it again. It's hard to find things. They're not going to go to an index. They're not going to go to a table of contents. They're not going to do a, a, a keyword search trying to find through a Word document. What they're going to do is they're going to create their own little idiosyncratic cheat sheet version of systems. And when they do that, the moment they do that, your system, your master system of your, of your policies and procedures manual becomes more and more out of date. Every time they change something to reflect the, quote, facts on the ground, unquote, they're updating it on the things that they're holding on the little sticky notes that they put by the side of their desk, on the little spreadsheets that they keep just locally on their computer, on the worksheets that they personally create. And the problem is, is that never gets to anybody else. So as we talk about engaging your team about this, the first thing is, you need to shift your thinking. Your systems are not just a policies and procedures manual. Your systems and controls are a collection of files. It could be documents, Excel spreadsheets, video, audio, um, PDF worksheets, examples of past um, marketing pieces, etc. And they're kept in a centralized place. Generally, it's going to be on the cloud, whether you do it on a server that you own uh, or whether you use Dropbox or Ignite or SugarSync or one of the other cloud-based systems. And what you're doing there is by creating a really useful naming structure, people will just quickly search. So if I know that I'm about to um, fulfill by shipping out a new order and it's the first time I've done it, I might pull up the fulfillment process. Or maybe I've done it all the time, so I have the checklist for the fulfillment checklist in front of me to use for this order. And so I'll just quickly go into the folder, search for that, boom, it'll pop up three or four choices. The choice that's most appropriate becomes obvious because I've taken the time to name things. And when I name the different documents, I name them thinking about how is someone going to search for this. That's the first and most important point I want to make. Now that you've got that, 
you need to engage your team on it. I mean, I've got young kids, and we were recently uh, getting ready for uh, for Halloween, and we were having a conversation with the parents. You know, how do you get your kids to eat vegetables? And we had different ideas. Some of the ideas were stealth. <laughs> One of the parents said they they make a fruit smoothie and they they put in spinach and kale and they blend it up and don't tell their kids. They sneak it in on them. <laughs> well, I shared for Heather and I one of the ways we get our kids to eat vegetables is we involve them in cooking. So my kids will help chop the vegetables. And I'll tell you, at age five, five, and two, when they're chopping mushrooms with a very dull knife, they're not doing a very good job at it. But the fact is, the meals that they participate in cooking are the meals that they eat, huge servings of vegetables. So if you want your team to use, to refine, to be part of those systems, then get their involvement with it. Now, some, some team members won't have the skill sets or the ability to do that. That's fine. But many of your team members will. Like, for example, I think about us internally. You know, in our team, Teresa is our operations manager. She's phenomenal at this. So she really is deeply involved in building out systems. You know, she works with Jenna. Jenna also on the client support side does a lot of building out the systems for our coaching clients from the business coaching program. So for you, how can you get your team engaged in building systems? Now, this might require that you get them some outside training. And if that's the case, I suggest that you do that at a minimum. You can always have them pick up a copy of Scale that Jeff and I wrote, and there you have in Chapter 9 or 8, pardon me, Chapter 8, is a detailed how-to on how to build business systems, plus in Chapters 2 and 3 there's more on it. But however you do that, getting your team engaged and involved with that. The next part I would suggest for you is the systems have to make their lives better. If it doesn't help them, if it just makes their life harder, they're not going to use it. So think about not just the process portion of the system, step one, step two, step three, but also think about how you're going to format these systems. Is it best as a spreadsheet? Is this best as a process laid out in a Word document? Would this be best as a sample script? Would this be best as an audio that someone could listen to or a video that I could watch you with a screen capture of how to log into the database? And then finally, I've got one more uh, kind of suggestion for you to get your team involved with the build-out and the use of your systems and your controls which is start from the point of hire. Let everybody know, hey, here at our company, we believe strongly that to protect everyone else here in case someone gets hurt or someone leaves, that we, we really work to make sure that every role in the company, every core function is systematized through so that we can cross-train other people on that. And that's part of that before we bring you on here to hire you, we want to make sure that you can buy into that, that you're going to be part of that, of using and refining and building systems along with your peers. So start at the point of hire. So what do you get out of this? I'm thinking about one of our clients, Tom. He recently just reached level three with his business. He recently reached a business that's no longer reliant on him. Six years ago, he was doing everything. Systematically, bit by bit, he's inched himself out of the business and completely replaced himself. He's gone from 80-hour weeks down to working two or three hours in a week that is required of him. And he's done that by getting his team involved in building out the systems and controls that you need. So we'll be right back for our next segment talking about how to escape the feast or famine cycle by systematizing your lead generation so that it consistently actually happens. You're listening to WS Radio. This is the Scale Your Business Radio Show. I'm your host, David Finkel. We'll be right back.
Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. That's scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com.